Hello, and welcome back to Deep Lorable, a podcast where a couple of friends dredge the internet for the deepest lore. I'm Michael Bastine. And I'm Billy Staples. And this week, our episode is on one Colonel Sanders. Billy, tell them what they've won. <laughs> Colonel Sanders is, at least nowadays, is the mascot for KFC, but back in the day was the actual owner and cooker of the original Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yes, the cookerer. Some may call them chefs. Personally, I like to think of them as the man behind the counter. Apparently, Harlan Sanders was a real person. I did not know this. He, I, I guess I kind of suspected it was based off of a real person. But uh, Colonel Sanders is, is one Harlan Sanders, the owner of and founder of Kentucky Fried Chicken. The uh, the colonel in his name is not the military rank like I thought it was. It's an honorary title in the state of Kentucky. It's Kentucky Colonel. Now, see, I had a very strong suspicion that the colonel was not, in fact, a true colonel, much the same way that one Captain Crunch is not a true captain. What I didn't know was that Kentucky had an official title for colonel i i don't know if they still use it like an honorary thing it's the highest title of honor bestowed by the commonwealth of kentucky the governor issues it to you and it basically it's basically the same thing i from what i can tell it's it's equivalent to getting knighted in the uk yes except uh on the scale of one state and yeah and nobody knows that it's real (laughs) Nobody knows that it's a thing. Well, that's not entirely fair. Very few people outside the state of Kentucky know that it's a thing. I When I initially read that, I, of course, had to look into it because when, you, when you're reading about Colonel Sanders and you're told that it's his full title is Kentucky Colonel, it raises a few questions. Did you, did you happen to find out why he was coloneled? I read it, but then just kind of glanced. It's interesting because of how mundane it is. From what I'm, from what I'm seeing, or from what I've I've seen, it seems that uh, one Ruby Lafon, uh, governor of Kentucky in 1935, bestowed Harland Sanders the title of Colonel. "Quote unquote," in recognition of his con- contributions to the state's cuisine. Yeah. So Governor Lafon liked liked Harlan Sanders' fried chicken so much that he decided we're gonna colonel this man. And I'm using "colonel" as a verb because I don't really know how else to say it. I don't think there's really any way to say that. No, I don't. I, I also I like the term "colonel."ed Kind of makes him feel like popcorn. Yes. I also found out that Harlan Sanders, by by the end, was not as big a fan of Kentucky Fried Chicken as he was at its inception. Yeah. It's all that capitalism. He he went on record to say several times that he did not he did not enjoy the new Kentucky Fried Chicken because they cut some costs to make it cost less to produce but mm-hmm. still have a similar enough taste. Yeah, which is, is kind of, it's a little, 
I feel a little back and forth because, you know, on one hand, such as the slow march of time, you're going to have to, if you want to expand your business, you're going to have to find some ways to spend less, make more. But um, it just feels disingenuous to go against the wishes of the one who made the recipe. Yeah. Although, to be fair, there are definitely some people who designed recipes that... People are like, hmm, that's not bad, but we can make it better. And and the person's like, no, don't do that. And everyone else is like, but your food isn't as good as what we what it could be. Speaking of his secret formula, the secret recipe for the Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh shoot! Wait, I think I know what you're gonna talk about. Continue. I didn't I didn't even see that in my research. I don't have anything about the actual recipe itself, like mm-hmm. what it is, but. He did franchise the secret recipe for the first time in South Salt Lake, Utah, to a uh, Pete Herman. Herman, uh, the operator of the one of the city's largest restaurants, in 1952. 1952 is when he first franchised out. Yeah, as well as once we had the Kentucky Fried Chicken we we now have today. Once that was around everywhere. He went back to his original... It was a motel-restaurant combo, if I recall. Mm-hmm. And through a bit of a legal battle, he was able to con- keep his... He was able to keep the original version of his recipe, and that restaurant had to be changed... In the settlement, had to change its names to Claudia Sanders Dinner House. Oh. It was the only non-Kentucky Fried Chicken restaurant... That could sell the original recipe. Interesting. Claudia Sanders being his wife. Right, right. That's kind of interesting that they've got, they do have, do you know if that, I don't suppose you know whether or not that restaurant is still in service? I... When did you say it opened? So, I can't find when exactly the first, they first made the restaurant motel hybrid but I do know that it is still still going strong to this day. They have they have a website and a menu. Did you find the Twitter thing? I did not go to his Twitter. Or the KFC Twitter rather. So KFC's Twitter page. And and again, like if you have speaking out to our audience there, if you have a fast food chain or some other brand that you like visit their twitter see if there's something good to find there kfc's twitter kfc follows 11 people herb alpert herb sendek herb dean herb waters herb wesson herb scribner victoria beckham mel c Emma Bunton, Melanie Brown, and uh, one, I'm going to probably mispronounce this, Gary Horner, Jerry Horner, which listeners may recognize as the five Spice Girls and six guys named Herb. Eleven herbs and spices. The first person to figure out this fact uh, was the, uh, one Twitter user by the name of Mike Edgerton, or Edget. And KFC commissioned a painting with this man 
in which this this person is on Colonel Sanders' back as they're hiking through the wilderness. I guess just internet, like, pulling on every possible thread you can pays off sometimes. Personally, though, I love the fact that KFC was just in their Twitter sitting there for who knows how long with 11 herbs and spices on their followers. All right, Billy. I got a video for you. No. Because we need to, we need to start talking about this. Oh no! Have you seen this? I've heard of this. So while you watch this video, Billy, I will begin talking about Colonel Sanders' time in WWE. There is out there on the WWE's official YouTube page for anybody who wants to go look it up. And we will post this link if possible on our Twitter feed when this episode goes live. In which Colonel Sanders appears in the wrestling ring. And then proceeds to essentially jump inside of a commercial for some off-brand chicken sandwich company and beat the living daylights out of a giant chicken man. I have several questions. <laughs> My, the first being, why are his wrist bands? For the buckets the, of chicken. They're the buckets of chicken. He's also uh-huh. got the the bow tie thing, not only on his tuxedo, but also one underneath it on his. What even is it? I don't know. Tank top, wrestling tank top. The best. It's not a tank top because it's got like a vest. <laughs> it's the best way I can describe it is it's a wife beater with a vest over it. Uh-huh. I mean, man, if anybody wanted to see the colonel just rip off his sleeves and beat the crap out of somebody, this is the video for it. My goodness. That, that poor man but in a chicken that is suit. not the end of it. Because this means a lot of things. The first of which, uh, this Colonel Sanders appeared as a playable character in yes. WWE 2K18. <laughs> Now it is unsure it's unclear as to whether or not this Colonel Sanders in 2K18 is an imposter or not given the fact that from what I could tell you can't actually find him officially on the roster he there is a costume available for customizable characters however it still opens up the opportunity for Colonel Sanders to be in the WWE lore this is important because you know who else is in the WWE lore? Oh, no. John Cena. Yeah. Oh no. Wait. Do you John know Cena, where John Cena's John been? John Cena showed up in Scooby Doo's in the Scooby Doo movies. John Cena made an official appearance in Scooby Doo, specifically Scooby Doo WrestleMania. Do you know what this means? Well, obviously it means that Colonel Sanders could team up with Scooby-Doo. But we could take this one step further 
because another group of crime of uh, not really crime fighters and crime fighting duo. We're talking. We're both referring to Sam and Dean, the Winchesters from Supernatural. I'm assuming. Well, nope, referring to two different oh, crime fighting duos because yep, Batman, Batman and Robin. Robin was on Scooby Doo. If you if you could think of a character from a TV show, odds are Scooby Doo is probably teamed up with them. But wait, there's more. Colonel Sanders is officially a DC character. Yes. There are DC comics with Colonel Sanders in them, one of which being labeled Crisis of Infinite Colonels. The other second volume was The Colonel of Two Worlds third volume kfc across the universe let me tell you i am excited for this all of those all of those names for people who haven't gathered it are play on other comic book titles just have more of a kfc theme to them but the point is we have the colonel sanders and on the same comic book pages as green lantern i think it's the hal jordan one Colonel Sanders on the same pages as The Flash. Colonel Sanders is in the DC Universe, which means Colonel Sanders can get to the version of Earth that has the Marvel DC Universe crossover event. Oh, no. (laughs) From there, Colonel Sanders can branch out into the Marvel Universe. From there. Listeners. We can have Colonel Sanders go up against Captain Crunch. Listeners, this is your... It's a little late now, but this is your tinfoil hat warning. Colonel Sanders being a DC character is the best thing that we have seen because so far it means we are now four for four, I believe, on our brand mascots being able to interact with each other in the DC and Marvel universes. We need to have a face-off. Now, this this isn't technically a brand mascot. But Batman has gone up against vampires before. Okay. So we could also fit our vampire lore into there, which obviously means vampire watermelon. Or was it pumpkin? Well, that's true. I, I think the vampire lore is more... The vam- the vampire lore fits more along the lines of um, sort of an overarching, like... It's the same reason why Sam and Dean can't pick up a wand and cast a spell out of Harry Potter, yeah. you know? So, like, there's specific rules for each universe that you're in, and I think that's what the vampire logic fault, like, the vampire rules fall under. But getting the characters into the other worlds... Because you remember the the event where um, Sam and Dean from Supernatural were in... jumped over to a universe where there was no magic. Yeah. I don't remember exactly how they got back. I think they used magic, but not the point. The point is... The characters don't necessarily have to, like, they can follow, they have to kind of follow the rules of the universe they get into, but they seem to have a little bit of overlap, and jumping between the worlds is really the important thing. I don't know exactly how characters jump between multiverses officially in DC and or Marvel, but I know how the Flash, I think I know how the Flash does it, which is basically he runs really fast. Because that's about the only thing that yeah. he does. <laughs> he kind of only runs fast. That's his whole If gimmick. I recall correctly, there wasn't really, as far as I remember, there wasn't really any instances in which, other than the Flash, where characters just blatantly jumped over. Um, It was more just 
it kind of happened. Like, so the crisis on infinite earths was all of the earths, all of the alternate earths all collided into one. Okay. And which, Oh, good. Which Excellent. Pro- That's yeah. perfect. Because there's the crisis of infinite Kirtles. Which was the play on that. Yeah. And if I recall, that was where that was sort of like a Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse kind of thing where every yeah. different kernel showed was- up. Crisis of Infinite Worlds, the the non-parody version, yes, was a play off of. Um, no, I'm I'm referring to the the parody Spider Verse. But the parody, yeah, the parody as well, because well, well, no, it's it's important to differentiate the two, just because within the you know taking yeah. the tinfoil hat off for a second, within the actual world of the writers of the DC universe, um, Crisis of Infinite Earths was definitely a play off of the same concept that the Spider-Verse played off of, but I don't know if the Spider-Verse or Infinite Earths did it first. So... I'm gonna... There's a little back and forth there. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say probably Marvel did it first. Because I think... I I think that seems reasonable. I think Crisis of Infinite Earths was in the golden age of DC Comics. Whereas... It was either the golden or the silver, because I remember. I remember that was one of the one of the comic book series where we got, uh, Thomas Wayne as Batman, instead of Bruce. Crisis on Infinite Earths was Earths was released April nineteen eighty five. We should we should do a uh, we should do an episode on DC Comics, one of these days. We should. Unfortunately, finding the exact because we have like an exact, we have an exact uh, comic to look to when we're looking for the creation of the DC multiverse. I don't know about the. I guess the listener listeners at home will have to either shoot us an email or mention us on Twitter and. If they happen to know which came first. I don't know. I'm finding Spider-Verse is a 2014 comic book storyline published by Marvel Comics. But I don't know if that's the beginning of the Spider-Verse. I th- if, you, if you catch yeah. the like the Because it, it also is quite possible that the Marvel multiverse was not started with the Spider-Verse. No, I, we it, all think of the Spider-Verse as being the kind of the the big one, and I think that's partially due to the fact that it was actually, if I recall correctly, the the first instance of the crossover was there was a short comic where the Avengers, a like dark version of the Avengers crossed over and they had to fight them. The normal Avengers had to fight them. And I don't, I don't remember when that. I also don't remember when the Flashpoint Paradox comic came out because I know the animated movie was, in the grand scheme of things, more recent. You know, I wonder if it's X Men that did it because X Men oh, definitely had that whole time time travel. It might have been X Men because they do they do kind of hop in time a lot. It might have gone X Men, DC, Marvel. Well, no, X Men is a Marvel property. Yeah. So once once X Men did it, like Marvel would have been stepping into the Marvel multiverse field. I don't know, but I just I I just can't though. Like, 
we have so far we have every gosh darn every brand mascot isn't one of those two colonel sanders also once appeared made out of solid gold and i'm confused and concerned as to how that really happened yeah because we don't really have a lore explanation for the solid gold colonel we need to have a a animated movie or maybe a live action one that's Dark Side and Galactus versus the Avengers, the Justice League, and a bunch of serial mascots. Serial and restaurant mascots. I don't know. I don't know. There have been multiple actors that have played the impersonation of Colonel of Harlan Sanders. Um and one briefly was just a person who appeared, a version of Colonel Sanders that appeared to be made out of solid gold. I figured it out, Billy. I figured it out. Crisis of Infinite Colonels. There you go. It's one of the multiverse colonels. Oh no! It's the one where Midas Midas won. Everything is gold. One seems like a strong word. In most of the in most of the Midas stories, the people are not living, breathing statue people. They just kind of die. I'd rather everything be made out of gold than everything be made out of chrome. That's just me. Gold is a more attractive metal. Everything is chrome in the future. Chrome is just too reflective. Yes. All right, Billy. I have uh, one other little blurb. Oh. But you have something else too. Do you wanna? Do you want me to to just unleash this cursed information on the world? You first, or do you want to do you want to jump into your thing? You go ahead, because I have two more things. Okay. Well, is one of your things on the shorter side? Because maybe, maybe we'll break it up a little. Uh, yeah, it's they're both pretty long. No, it's on the it's on the shorter end. It's it's a it's another. I guess to an extent, it's another mini fact. Okay. In early 2019, Peter Weller portrayed a RoboCop version. Of Colonel Sanders. Sorry, what? Yeah. Oh, no! That's just RoboCop, but with, like, a poorly attached Yeah. And the the bow tie. Hang on, I've discovered there's a RoboCop fandom wiki. (laughs) Colonel RoboCop. Oh, he's also got glasses on. Oh, shoot, he does! Yeah, he's got got glasses over his visor. This is hilarious. Wait, does he also have a beard? He does. Yeah, he's, he's a got a little beard, beard taped, like glued. He's got a beard glued to his chin, bala- chin part of the balaclava, and then he's got a mustache underneath his helmet. On on the like actual organic part of yeah. his face. YouTube, please tell me you have this commercial on file. They do. Here, I'll post it in the chat. It's got two in it, or three. <laughs> the second commercial yeah oh he should never laugh uh my goodness that's wonderful oh that's much better than what i'm about to show you billy i'm gonna post a picture all right oh no oh yes is that what i think yeah it's 90 pages and it was free on Amazon. I was blessed by the fact that it can no longer be found on Amazon. Colonel Sanders, KFC has 
done a done a done a writing crime and created a book entitled Tender Wings of Desire a 96 page romance novella it's set in Victorian England centers on one lady Madeline Parker who quote unquote must choose between a life of order and a man of passion featuring Colonel Sanders as the love interest. And it is just as cursed as it sounds. I have no idea how to handle this, but I can't help but notice Billy that the outfit that the Colonel is wearing on the front cover of this book is the exact same one he was wearing in the wrestling match. And it's sleeveless. It's, it's it's a sleeveless suit. It's a sleeveless vest, which is you know how vests normally go. It's, but it's not like a, a but it's, it's not, not a vest vest. It's a suit vest. <laughs> you're not. You're supposed to wear sleeved clothes under vests. This woman on the front cover, who is in the caring arms of the Colonel Sanders. Is I'm not sure if she's looking lovingly at him or at the chicken wing she is holding in her hand. <laughs> and there appears to be a bucket of KFC on the front cover that's just kind of floating. No, it is in fact sat in a small field of flowers along a shoreline with crashing waves at sunset with a small castle off in the distance in the background. Not only is this a writing crime... They have put it's, way too much artistic talent into this. It is also might classify as a cover crime. More specifically, a book cover uh, crime. It's, it's designed exactly the way it should be. And that's not okay. I do think she's staring lovingly at the chicken wing. It's gotta be the chicken wing, right? She's looking straight past him. Oh. While researching this, I had the sudden desire for KFC. I mean, yeah, you got it. Like at the KFC is not great, but it's not that bad. Like it's, it's worth getting. And I think the only reason I think it's not that great is because it usually makes me sick. Oh, but I can't get over it. I can't get over. I can't get over the Colonel Sanders romance novel. Before we get, before we get to that final, the final thing we needed to discuss, I do have another small fact, and this is very recent. Some of our listeners recently discovered, fresh off the no, presses. No, 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 not recently Billy's discovered. Recent is in like this taking place this year. Oh no! Wait, this year, twenty twenty one, within the past thirteen or 2020, days. Twenty twenty. Sorry, I forgot. Okay, I forgot okay. we're in the future now. I'm still living in the past. No, that's fair. That's fair. Listeners might know this already, but apparently KFC was... I don't know if they still are, but we're planning on making a home console, like a video game console, that had a divot in it so you could put your fried chicken bucket in it to keep them warm. What? Yeah. I'm Googling this. It's. It looks like a GameCube, but with a giant hole in the center. <laughs> No! No! That's not just like a cup holder for your chicken bucket! 
that's like a little mini like he, it's like i got a little oven rack yeah. in the front of it it's it's actually kind of well designed and i it's, hate it's, that it's very well designed what is this play it's an nvidia game it's an <laughs> to how how to share the blueprints of this it's got a heater in the in the side sort of middle area and at the bottom has the graphics card and CPU. <laughs> it has two one terabyte solid state yeah. <laughs> drives. It's shockingly well crafted. What can this play? How much know. is this? Was this an April Fool's? I, I hope, this better I'm not hoping a- it was an April Fool's because it's Oh shoot, it's VR ready. <laughs> I it better be with that much it has a built-in chicken warmer. 240 FPS with a, with up to 240 hertz output. 4K TV gaming. It's got ray tracing. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't find more. Many people thought the gaming console was a spoof marketing campaign when it was real, revealed in June. You don't <laughs> say. I think I've actually seen a a video of someone using this. And it, they just have it on their desk, and they reach over and open up the drawer, and there is just two chicken wings in there. After its initial announcement in twenty tw- in June 2020, it was widely believed to be a hoax, until its official re- reveal in December. <laughs> it includes ray-, ray tracing, 4K resolution, 240 hertz output. It's got an Intel 9. It's got an Intel i9. What does this run? Is this just a PC? What is this run? I can't tell. I can't tell what this run. <laughs> I I think it's just a computer. Not to be out to launch its own gaming console. No, they really mean it. Equipped the chicken chicken chamber. That's a all right. That's the name. Chamber. The chicken chamber. A swappable GPU slot. Yes. Okay. Fine. It's VR ready. Sports ray tracing. This is great. Is it a standalone console or is it a computer? Hang on, in 2019, KFC released a game called I Love You, Colonel Sanders Dating Simulator. Yeah. Hang on, I'm jumping over to Steam now. That is on Steam. How much is it? <laughs> I sent that ad I sent that ad to my other group, and one of them is like, wait a minute, I see what he's carrying. And I'm just sitting there like... I Love You, Colonel Sanders, a finger-looking-good dating simulator is in fact free to play on Steam. Complete with over-the-top anime intro. Oh no! That's almost as bad as the KFC Crocs. Wait, what? Hold on. Did you not know about the KFC Crocs? No, I didn't. What? <laughs> oh, this just keeps getting better and better, don't it? <laughs> first the Oh shoot. They're they're oh first gosh, the Burger King hundred on eBay hat know this. They're not being sold anymore by the official source, so you know they're three hundred dollars on eBay, a hundred dollars on Macari. Let me get an image for you. Here you go. Oh no! So for those of for our listeners who haven't already immediately run to our Twitter once we started talking about this stuff. Oh no! Picture, if you will, a croc. Now the soul of the croc. Color the outsides in the classic red and white striping of the KFC bucket. The top of the crocs. Photoshop a photorealistic picture of chicken. 
fried chicken, which you have taken looking over the top of this KFC box. And attached to the top of these shoes, stuck in those little holes that you get on the Crocs, like attached to it, like those, those Crocs buttons that you can get, are two just whole rubber chicken wings. Just whole drumsticks, fried chicken drumsticks. They're not that real. They are rubber, rubber, thank heavens. Um, they do smell like chicken, or at least they're supposed to. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. We're talking about, uh, we were talking earlier about writing crimes. That is a fashion crime. Mm-hmm. This, this you can find here, Billy. Here's the link so that you believe me. It's official from the Crocs website. <laughs> Each pair of co-branded foot-branded footwear comes with two gibbets charms made to resemble and smell like fried chicken. In bold beneath that is not for human consumption. Oh, so they just okay, so they just they just attach to the to the uh-huh. holes. They attach to the shoes. That's even worse. <laughs> you can you can reposition them if you don't like the spot that they're normally attached to. If I had a pair of these, I'd just take the take the bloody chicken off. Would you? I feel like if you're wearing these, you're required to have actual pieces of chicken stuck to the outside. I think you can buy more. I mean, considering... Aside from the fact that this is out of stock at this point, but... Considering there is a picture where just one of them has four on it. <laughs> Wait, okay, I'm jumping over. So the Crocs store has a page for Gibbet's Charms, which are those little little button things you can attach to the outside of your Crocs. I am very quickly skimming through here. There are pineapples, donuts. All of them are like flat button looking implements that unfortunately under the food category, there are no more chicken wings. There is a turkey that says let's get basted on it, but I don't, Mm. I don't love that. That's got bad connotations. Gibbets. Crocs? Oh, Billy. Save us from this. All right. Save us from this marketing miasma. Yes, let's let's uh some good old fashioned let's let's talk about some good old fashioned curses. Let's talk about the curse of the colonel and one Japanese professional baseball league team known as the Hanshin Tigers. I'm ready. So they are sort of the underdogs. Of this basketball league, the Japanese basketball league. Ba- well, baseball. Baseball. I keep saying basketball. I. You do keep saying basketball. Quick, quick aside. Uh, for those who don't know, baseball is huge in Japan. Yes. Like they, uh, uh, they are obsessed with baseball over there. It is. I don't know why exactly. I, I don't think it's because it's an American pastime. But you know, they they found baseball and they're like, oh, this is our thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, baseball is kind of huge over there. Anyway, carry on. The Hanshin Tigers, Tigers, they were sort of the underdogs, would routinely get second place, never anything higher. Finally, when they got a hold of one American baseball professional who had come over to Japan, I don't quite remember the reasoning, nor do I remember his name, but they ended up winning that, that... go about it with the league. Mm-hmm. It was their first win. The fans decided to celebrate by going to the re- the nearby canal. They would call out the name of a person on the Hanshin Tigers and pick someone from the crowd that resembled them. Oh no. They got 
when you got picked for your likeness because you resembled a player, you had to jump into the canal. They got all the way down to the American on their team, who nobody <laughs> looked like because it's Japan. Because <laughs> it's Japan. The closest thing that they had to him was the nearby statue oh, of yeah. Colonel Sanders. Other side note, KFC's huge Yeah, KFC is also huge in, <laughs> in, in Japan. I I think it's basically every KFC store, but just about every KFC restaurant in Japan, there is a yeah. statue of Colonel Sanders out front, much like you would see uh, Big Boy outside of the Elias Brothers slash Big Boy in Michigan, should you choose to live here. They grabbed the statue and casted it into the, into the, the canal. Cast him into the canal. They threw it into the canal. The celebration died down. The next championship, the Hanshin Tigers, didn't they they didn't do too hot. It didn't end well. I don't no. even think they made it to second place. And after like three or four losses in a row, they kind of traced it back to this all started happening right after Well they threw the statue into the canal. Traced back is a strong way yeah, of putting they, it. It was more a Correlation, not causation. Yeah, in fairness, Japan is also a... I, I don't necessarily know... I'm, I'm not quite in tuned enough with the culture to know if it is still this way, but um, Japan is also a pretty... like a pretty superstitious yeah. people. They they have a very well-fleshed-out lore of, like, curses and monstrous creatures and kind of unlike... A bit unlike the United States, where the majority of our monsters and folk legends are adopted from other peoples, with a few exceptions like the Jersey Devil. Yeah. See our cryptids episode to kind of get an idea of some things that, a couple of things that come straight from the States. But anyways, so mm. to wrap up this story, eventually being believing in the curse of the colonel, they went into the canal and retrieved his torso and head and then later his legs and left uh, left hand or right hand i don't one of the hands his okay. glasses and his other hand still in the canal yeah they at at the point that they got him they brought him out of the river or out of the canal the kfc that he was originally stationed at was closed down. So they mm -hmm. brought him to another KFC, which ended up giving him this whole display, telling the story. Uh-huh. The curse still hasn't been lifted. Yeah. Poor Hanshin Tigers. Or maybe it's not a curse. Or maybe it's not a curse, and it was just because they lost their star athlete. Because... Maybe. Couldn't be. Also, at the same time as this curse allegedly started... That American player on their team, his son, was diagnosed with brain cancer, and so he had to leave. Oh, no. I didn't know this had a sad ending. Yeah. Which, I I don't want to... There could very well be a curse, but also it could be because they lost their best batter. Not that every good batter has to be from America. It just helps when you're, you know, 6 to 12 inches taller than everybody else around you. The The best part about that... And and by best, I mean weirdest. The statue looks nothing like the player on their team. 
Yeah, but at the same time, Colonel Sanders is a a very United States sort of yeah person. Like he is, he is very much just this white old man, Southern. He's even kind of got the plantation facial hair going on. It's the name, the name of that player, their batter that was from America is Randy Bass. Randy Bass, who eventually, who later name. on became the state senator of Oklahoma. He went on to be a state senator. Yeah. He's less notable for his career in Major League Baseball than for his success in the Nippon Professional Baseball for the Hanshin Tigers. From 2005 to 2019, this guy's still around. Let's go find Randy Bass. And apparently, over here in the in the States, when you come across him on the street, it's just sort of like, oh, hey, it's, it's, it's Randy Bass. But apparently over in Japan, it is, he is, he is a big deal. <laughs> in an attempt to remove the curse fans made repeated attempts to find the model making offerings to the statue yes the they for, did for forgiveness which we got however in 2003 purportedly when the tigers returned to the japanese series after an 18 year absence many kfc outlets in the kobe and osaka in in kobe and osaka in that area moved their colonel statues yeah. inside until the series was over <laughs> to protect them from rabid Tigers fans. The newly replaced Colonel Sanders statue in the Dotonbori KFC branch was bolted down to prevent a repeat of the incident. Also, when the when the top half was found in the in the waterway, or that was also around the time that they decided to put a railing and a roof over that walkway to try to prevent fans from jumping in. <laughs> oh, I like, I love the more I read about, uh, poor Randy ba- base Bass's, uh, time in Japan. The more I laugh transcribing, uh, Randy Bass's surname into Japanese, they would say boss. Which is, you know, a- accurate. However, that is also the way that you write bus. Yeah. In Japanese. And the owner, the corporate owner of the team, Hanshin Electric Railway, owned a bus line. Hanshin Bus. So they requested that Randy Bass be you be known in Japanese as basu, so extending the syllable out, which is written differently. Because if not, Japanese newspapers might have headlines such as Hanshin Bus Unstoppable, Hanshin Bus Explodes, or Hanshin Bus Crashes. And that would probably not be a great look for the Hanshin Buses. Whereas, which is a fun, a fun play on things you can say about a baseball player, but not about a Japanese bus company. Because if Randy Bass is unstoppable or Randy Bass explodes or Randy Bass crashes, well, you know, he's making consecutive hits. He hit a home run or perhaps he's fallen into a slump. 
alternatively, you have a bus doing these things, and it's just got a very different meaning. Yes. Uh, after Bass's baseball career, he decided to continue to make trips to Japan as a cultural ambassador. Oh, that's fun. We're definitely getting off track of yes. one Colonel Sanders, though. <laughs> We've gotten very off track. It's fine. That's, I think, half the fun of these episodes. Well, uh, do you have anything else, Billy? I do not. All right. Then, since I think that's all we have for today, thank you all for listening. Remember to find us on Twitter at Deplorable. Or if you have any suggestions, get in touch with us at... DeplorableContact at gmail.com. That one right there. Thank you all for listening. Feel free to get in touch with us, and you will hear from us should you choose to accept the mission next time. Bye.